so glad to be able to bring you the second half of this conversation that I had with Roy. As we were sitting in the back of that hall and it was raining and there were planes flying overhead and people talking around us, we are um, just having a, a great conversation. And I hope that as you get drawn into this conversation, you can really be encouraged as we talk about movements in the West and what are some of our particular or peculiar challenges in the Western sphere. And uh, Roy has some really great reflections about how we are wired as Westerners and how we are programmatic and how we have a religious enemy and just some really great uh, one-liners like you can cast out demons but you can't cast out traditions and um, the idea that we are allergic to failure and the the lead up that has to happen in ploughing the ground or digging the ditch as it were for movements to take place for the building to be built and uh, we finished this um, conversation with Roy on his reflections of hybrid church he wrote a great book that was published in 2015 uh, spent matches and hybrid church and he draws us into his world his ministry of what they're doing and the fire that is in the belly of so many in the west to reach out to their neighbors and start teams and to start communities uh, all around them so enjoy this conversation as we finish off uh, the discussion with Roy Moran. That just brilliantly brings us into that our next phase. You know, as we jump into movements in the non-Western world, we're, we're straight away presented with a mirror and we say, why not the West? And we've, we've got a... We're in dire trouble, especially as you look... Uh, you can reflect on the States, maybe, but... Uh, Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, uh, we've fallen off the map as far as uh, church growth. Well, there's, there, is, there are some churches that are growing, but the overall scene is dire. And, um, and we're not growing and we're not reproducing. And I know many who have seen what is happening and trying to adapt the principles and are doing it in the West and just feel discouraged. Why not? Why not the West? Mm-hmm. It, has God forgotten us? <laughs> Is, maybe God doesn't love us. Yeah. I don't know. What, what's, what's, yeah. Maybe you're going to devastate me now and say, that's right. <laughs> you know, what do you think, Roy? Uh, uh, well, you know, you know there's a, a sense in which um, the, there's a part of the U.S. that's called the burned-over district in the Northeast. That's where all these revivals and things happened, and a lot of cults came out of it and that kind of stuff. And we could think about the West that way because it's, uh, it, it may, we could think about maybe it's over-evangelized, you know, yeah. or, or um, in its post-Christian, you know, state, you know, those kind of things. Um, but I, I, I do think there's some, some reasons why, um, you know, what, what's happening, I, I mean, I, in a history standpoint, what, what happened early on with, with some of the stuff that the guys that we relate to and, and, and their methodologies coming you know, in, into the West, um, there was a sort of one-to-one thing. And uh, like you know, one of the major trainings that, that was used really early on that had been used a lot in, in the, the uh, missions world to, to help people understand the multiplicative disciple-making uh, just came to the U.S. and and it was devoid of team. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look down the, the the seven or eight, ten lessons in it, and there's nothing in there about team. But yet, when you come here, 
and you hear what's happening here, that's all you hear. Groups and teams. Yeah. Both are the initiating process and the harvest process, yes. the whole process. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it community. Is, yeah, it is very community related. And, and so I think, um, you know, the false start in many ways, and a lot of people, and, and it's our culture, uh, I'm sure you guys are the same way, it's, it's very individualistic, you know. So I hear something, and it's something I'm learning, and it's something I'm going to go apply rather than, no, I need to find a team. I, I, I need to, you know, find a, a posse to be able to go do something with, you know, and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So I think we, 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 we failed, we did some of that kind of stuff, you know, one-to-one. And I think also like the person of peace principle that's so, you know, prevalent and we hear in, in almost every story. Um, I think we fail to understand um, that in, in our cultures, typically the people are not going cross-culturally. You know, they're trying to reach their friends, neighbors, workmates, you know, relatives. Um, And and so they are the person of peace. They don't need to find a person of peace. So there's some nuances to, you know, the the, the DMM strategy, I think, gets missed because we still, whether we like it or not, are programmatic people. Mm -hmm. And, and, And we want to plug slots. So I want to take a program from here. I want to put it here, yeah. you know, and I want to work it, you know, and, and we don't want to think about it, mm-hmm. you know, and think about the nuances, you know, of it. Yeah. And so a lot of that's, you know, happened in our culture. Um, I do think, and I, I think I, I can demonstrate that, you know, in the whole new generations world, that when you have uh, the gospel being planted in a Christianized environment, you're going to see slower movement, yes. you know, uh, but because you've got a lot of you don't only not only have an evil enemy, you've got a religious enemy now too, and and so you're going to find resistance from that tradition. A friend of mine, you know, says uh, you know you can cast out you know demons, but you can't cast out tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it, it's it's that idea is that it, it is when when you've already got a uh, a well worn path in place, it's really hard to get people to make a different path. You know, and, and so that that's what we're experiencing, you know, in the West is that that path is e- even in the non-believing world. They know that there's uh, there is a place on the corner someplace with the, the label church on it. And when their spiritual genes kick in, that's where they're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the rank pagan. That's that's, you know, person with no church background whatsoever. The culture has taught them that at least it has in the U.S., you know, yeah. and, and and so. We fight that that problem, you know, in the West. I think the other thing is is that we don't persevere, right? Like, um, you know, when I, when I come here, um, it, it's funny. There there is a presupposition. Uh, so let, let's say we jump in one of those land roads over there, and we head north, uh, you know, and on that tarmac road, and I look back there, and there's two spare tires, not one. You know, I went, what's that about? You know, it's like, oh, two spare tires. And so, you know, we have one flat, then we have two flats, then we have no flats, you know, we have no, no spare tires, you know, and because we're going across, you know, treacherous ground. And and I'm I'm upset, I'm nervous, I'm, you know, and they're just like, eh, well, you know, someone will come along, we'll, you know, figure it out, that kind of stuff. And so there's a, there's a presumption in, in, in many developing places that, that uh, things don't work. But you and I have grown up in worlds where we presume everything works, and it should work at my time and my my way. And so, failure is something that we are deathly allergic to. Yeah. And to learn a new methodology when you have a 
a methodology in place that is, is so well-worn. To learn a new methodology takes a lot of failure. And, and so failing and learning is not something that a Westerner is, is prone to do. Yeah. And, and so we can't persevere. Even the story here. You know, so you look at, at, at the early 2000s, 2003, 4, 5, you know, and when, when things start to happen, it's not till 2008, you know, 2009, 2010, that you, you begin to see these amazing, you know, movements, of, mm. uh, you know, and stuff. And so they persevered, you know, five yeah. or six years. Yeah. And so I, I, Dave Hunt, you know, was, was heavily involved in this. And I remember sitting with him one time drinking coffee and, and, um, David was, he said, oh, oh, he said, in West Africa, he said, we had like three total restarts. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to restart three times because, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened, that kind of stuff, you know. And so we don't like that messiness, you know. No. And, and it's like, this sounds, the, the gospel and, and, and the, the, our Father in heaven and his heart ache is not deep enough in us to overcome our own petty, you know, allergy to failure. And we can't put our nose to the grindstone. Right, addiction and just, to success. Yes. 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 Mm. Yeah. And, and so there's just such a, um, an allergy to that. And, and so, you know, and that's my team. You know, you get so many people, uh, you know, They'll say DBS doesn't work or DMM doesn't work, whatever, you know, and you start exploring that. It's like, yeah, I went out and started one of this, started one there and that kind of stuff. And, and like, did you have this weekly engagement with people? Where, was there a, a, a sort of a, an ecclesia? Was there a team of people you were pl- praying with on a regular basis, you know, encouraging and that kind of stuff? No, no, I didn't have that, you know. So it's like the team becomes really important because some are going to, fail some are going to succeed you know yes. and uh, and we need to share that yeah. with one another so I, I just i just think we're we're, we're too given to fast-paced success stories right you know and it's so easy especially in the christian world just wait long enough yeah. someone's going to write a book yeah. you know they're gonna yeah. they're gonna have a, a an online course or they're gonna have this or they're gonna have that you know yeah. come out it's gonna be the the latest greatest you know program du jour to try and it'll last for 16, 18 months, and it'll be gone, you know. Yeah. And that's just the yeah. path that we, we, have, we have built. And getting people off of that is, is really difficult. That's right. It's kind of like the, uh, the pattern I see is there's a, there's a great new silver bullet for the church. They said, this is the answer. Mm-hmm. They train, they program, everybody gets in there, and they try it. And then after about eight, nine months, they're going, oh, this is not working as we hoped. About 13, 14, 15 months in, yeah, this wasn't it. And suddenly there's a new program, and they, they quietly put that one on the shelf. And after the two-year program, they said, now we're going to do ABC. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and yeah. They, they put the old one on the shelf, and they put the new one in, the new silver bullet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can't, this is not... Um, Movements are not popcorn Christianity, where you just put it in the microwave and you press uh, method one, two, three, four, five, yeah. and start, and you get popcorn. Yeah. The stories that we see here, we kind of get the exponential growth and the method and put them together and we say, if we just do this, we'll see this. Yeah. But what we don't see is before that exponential growth is, I mean, we just heard today, 16 years of no fruit. I think it was 16. Yeah. 
And then after the in the 16th year, 40 people coming to Christ. Who's going to hang in there for 16 years? Yeah. And, and that kind of endurance and perseverance and that internalization that you were just talking about before of discipleship. Um, we don't we we define movements by the exponential growth, but we don't define movements by the the road that leads to exponential growth, which come can be five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. And, and I think we have to own some of that, or I yeah. I'd have to own yeah. some of that in, in a sense is that, that a lot of stories get told, yeah. and the focus on the outcomes yeah. as opposed as opposed to the focus on the process. process. Yeah, you know, and and that's 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 a shame. Because, you know, we know that especially in Western Christianity, if you throw out big numbers out there, everybody listens because growth is the thing. Yes. Not multiplication, but growth is the thing. So just make it big. I don't care if it multiplies, just make it big. And, uh, and, and so we, we've told a story too often yeah. that didn't focus in on what you're talking about, you know, with yeah. those three restarts. I always kind of describe it as that there's an underground phase. Yeah. You know, you got to dig a big hole. Yeah. You know, to get a t- tall building built, you know, and so there's this underground phase no one can see. Wow. And it can be frustrating, you know, yeah. and, and it can be defeating at times, yeah. you know. But but if you persevere, you know, you know things happen. So you're really well known for writing about hybrid church and um, uh, the the way churches can produce a hybrid model. Uh, we've read that, we've looked at that, and. Um, also, Spent Matches, fantastic book. I can remember reading Spent Matches as I was getting my car serviced, and I can still remember your discussion of the Great Commission in that uh, fantastic uh, uh, discussion there, and it was really encouraging. Well, it, bring us into your thinking now. How is it going? What do you think uh, with Hybrid Church and sure. how, how we're progressing? Well, you know, I've learned a few things since then. That was published in 2015, and uh, my wife told me the other day, she said, you should write another chapter. Even though the publisher may not want to use it, you just write one and put it out there, you know, and stuff. But I think a couple of things I've learned. uh, One is is that when I first uh, started, I just thought I needed to teach people to to train or or to to think differently. So I trained them in, in how to do Discovery Bible stuff. So it's a new way of doing evangelism. You know, it's like instead of sharing your faith, you know, invite people into your your journey and read the Bible with them and and journey with them. And so I I saw it as a training problem. But what I didn't realize is is that surrounding that was a culture issue, is that I had spent my entire life, uh, or or at least my life at Shoal Creek, inviting people or, or helping people understand, invite them to Sunday morning, bring them here, you know, that kind of stuff. And I realized, you know, that, that I'm, I'm changing directions on them. And the, the culture's been built already. And even though I built the culture, I couldn't hold it back, you know? I mean, it was like, it, 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 it's like, come here. And so I had to, I had to create a whole new culture uh, around that thing. And, and, I, and, and as much, you know, and I know you've been in... In, in church work, and, and we think that we can stand on that platform, and we've got this you know incredible ability to move the ship, you know, something yeah. like that. Man, you have so such little ability to do that. <laughs> Once you built that culture, you know, I don't care if you built it or not, it, it, you're not moving it because it's ingrained in people. So I had to go to a get small yeah. and, and start with a smaller group of people, a, a group of people that were already uh, conditioned to be a rebel. You know, and and begin to work with them and build a new culture, 
uh, in, in that regard. And so that, that's kind of where we are right now in this process is that, you know, I, I'm moving out of um, the, the, the limelight of Shoal Creek into the sort of background and stuff. And, and that's my job right now is focusing in on that, that build that new culture and stuff. Wow. And so, you know, we had to reposition things. So uh, we had to help people understand, hey, this is not church. This is a gathering. This is a Sunday morning gathering. And so, you know, I, I believe words create worlds, you know. And, and so as a result of that, um, there's a need to carefully choose your words. And so we, we changed to call it a gathering. We help people understand that in the movement mindset, this is an access ministry. You know, we, we have this access because in my culture, people, when they, they get struggled, you know, their marriages or finances or lose their job, they get a, you know, they get a cancer diagnosis, so they tend to reach out, you know, to a religious place and they know these boxes sit on the corner called churches and so they, they, they come to them. them. Yeah. And so we knew we still had some opportunity to do that. So that's access ministry. And it was, it was David Watson, who, you know, sitting down in, in a chair in our auditorium one time. He folds his hands and, you know, how David is, is you can tell, you know, he's, he's going to come out with like a Yodaism or something, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, he goes, so he says, Roy, I think I understand what you guys do here now. And I said, great, David, tell me. Because <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out myself. He says, you guys attract persons of peace on Sunday morning. And so that helped us put a piece of the puzzle together to realize that, that that's where that was. But we, we began to alter our, our, our resources, our finances, our staffing, and everything to, to, to build a, a more equity into this thing because we knew that the gospel was coming toward us. But you know, our research was telling us that about 30, 35% of the people would ever be susceptible to an invitation. So that leaves 65% of the people that we were bound to reach because we wanted every man, woman, and child to have a repeated opportunity to see, hear, and experience Jesus, you know, in this radius of Clay County, you know, 300,000 people. And, and that was our stated goal. That's who we we're praying for. And it's like, well, that means 65% of them are never coming. What are you going to do? So, so we realized that, that a large percentage of people, 65-70, won't come. And so what are we going to do? You know, we still are, are praying for them. And, and so... That's where you know the, the whole hybrid thing comes in for us. Yeah. Realize it, is that you know we've got this one thing, this gasoline engine over here is old and, and it works and everybody knows about it. But we got this new thing, this electric engine, and we're going to figure out how, how to go. And so we're set right now on focusing in on, on planting what we call biblically flourishing communities. Right. Uh, in, in my culture, again, the word church is so corrupted, it is is so perverted in people's minds um, that to use it. It, it, it just creates all kinds of haywire. So we, we decided that we'll just use this little other phrase, mm. you know, mm. a biblically flourishing communities, and we kind of teach them what a biblically flourishing community looks like. And at the end of that whole you know, experience, it's like, this is, this is what Jesus said when he said, I'll build my ecclesia. Mm. And so what's an ecclesia? Well, uh, typically it's translated church, you know, so they go through this whole thing and then they get, you know, this idea that, that this is what we're doing. So we're, we're focused on, on, planting 50 of those and so we've, we've come to realize that uh, like there's another thing that got lost in the translation of, of this DMM process and that one was target mm. you know team and target so um, is like we've experienced today you know we, we saw yeah. some guys who are focused on a particular piece of geography in Africa yes and and a bunch of ministries banded together 
so this idea of team and target, you know, uh, became really important. You know, the, we talked about team, but but uh, we're here and we see all these people, you know, focused in on specific people groups or geography and that kind of stuff. And I realized that that we were just sort of sending people out to make disciples and. And so this thing goes together, you know, a team that, that accepts a target together. So we've seen a really good uh, traction with that. Um, but it's, it's unusual uh, in the sense is that we have a team of people focused on our local jail, for instance, mm-hmm. in our county jail. And we have a large team of men and women who are going in on a regular basis, leading discovery groups. They have a church started uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, they they are regularly loving on these people, helping them change their lives and that kind of stuff, and uh, and it just is energized them. Uh, you know, I, I I've got a little app on my phone that they talk on, and I just listen to it all the time. And it's just boom 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 boom. boom. And they are their lives are are invested in that. We've got a, a couple who uh, empty nesters. Their kids have all gone, and so they um, they just began to ask, okay, what's this chapter of our life look like? And so we began to talk about it, and, and uh, I have this little tool, it's called, I call it As You Go, and my son actually created it, but it's like a, a stick figure, a head, um, hands, and, and feet, you know, and, and it's three deals. On a weekly basis, you know, where do your, what do your eyes see, what do your hands do, and where do your feet go? You know, because I, I, I it translate the Great Commission, As You Go, you know, and, and so they're doing this, and, and they say, well, we hate to admit this, but we, we like to play pickleball. And uh, we, we play pickleball a lot, you know. And so it was like, well, how many believers are playing pickleball? Well, I don't know. Based on the, you know, some of the stuff I've seen, not many, you know. I say, well, what if we, and we call this a circle of accountability. I say, what if we draw a circle around the Monday and Thursday night pickleball league that you're in and you begin to create a team uh, and start to pray for that target and make that you know, your unreached people group. And so that's what they're doing is focusing in on reaching, you know, that that team or that, that crew of people. You know, we've got another, uh, uh, we had a, a small group of, pe- of women. They're all widows. And they had met in kind of a widow's Bible study thing. And a, and a couple of them just got um, up, upset, irritated. Um, they, they, they just felt like, it's not what they wanted to do with the rest of their life and stuff. And so we began to talk and we drew a circle around women who were suddenly widowed because that was their experience. They were suddenly widowed and they knew the horror of what it was like to not know the password to their husband's bank account and all that kind of stuff. So as a result of that, now they've begun to search the city to find widows and they've happened to run across a, a thrift store system in our city that a bunch of widows uh, volunteer for and so they've begun to move in there on a weekly basis to bring you know treats and 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 uh, you know they discovered that these widows had had a, a real headache with passwords in their world so they brought an IT guy in to help them with their passwords and stuff and so they began to plant the gospel and and, and facilitate discovery you know amongst the, these widows and so we, we've got all these different you know we've got a group that that focus on marriage and, and they said, hey, we, we just really have a, a heart for these marriages that are hurting and stuff. And so they've taken a bunch of, uh, of material and put it together and provide these marriage experiences for people and, and are really praying and, and attempting to plant the gospel you know, in people's lives. So that, that's the kind of, of, of thinking we've got people into is to understand these are their UPGs, these, these teams and targets that they're after. Um, so, so 
as we attempt to create the hybrid church, uh, we've discovered that it has enlivened people's lives. Um, and, you know, I, I know that you and, and, and the whole crew that's here, I, I can see that light in their eyes. And I, I want those of you who are listening to understand that um, I, I have a friend of mine who says that when she got into this, uh, it was like crack for the Christian soul. And she's quick <laughs> to say that she has no idea what crack's like. Uh, but she imagines the, the, the experience uh, sitting on the edge of eternity and watching people meet their Heavenly Father for the very first time uh, does something for your soul that you could never imagine. And uh, what we're seeing is ordinary people are really key to seeing the Great Commission fulfilled. And, and there's a, just a grand benefit uh, for the, the child of God to understand that your Father has some joy for you. And that joy is taking some great risk, maybe some courage, but it's also coming to understand that you are vital to the Great Commission. And when you see your place in the family, and when you take up your place in the family business, the opportunity that you have to see a spiritual life, to experience a spiritual life like you've never experienced before is right there in front of you. And, and I would encourage you to take some time to explore what it could be like to discover what, it, what disciple making could be like. Let your mind uh, free of some of the, the mind shifts and paradigm shifts that you, that you need to make and just lean into this and let people help you understand how your life could take a turn that you never thought possible.